Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Glad to be back. Um, as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for downloading, tuning in, I mean, watching. However you take in my podcast, I appreciate it, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Thank you so much. So uh, if you can now do me this favor, tell a friend, enemy, coworker, tell somebody about the podcast. Um, anybody, your butcher, your, your tax man, your tax lady. Um, I don't know your Uber driver. Tell somebody about the pod. And if you're new, welcome. Um, this is okay. I got to say this. I'm, I'm speaking on two different timelines here. Uh, it's Wednesday, March 31st. I'm getting ready to drive up to Rochester to do, uh, some shows Friday and Saturday, April 1st and 2nd. So I'm kind of talking in the future and I'm talking in the past. So I got to keep that straight. So um, last weekend for me, I was just at the Columbus Funny Bone and I'll talk about that. If you're listening to this right now, the day it came out, I am currently in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. It should be Friday. We are safely there. And I've already did one night at Good Nights for my album recording. And hopefully that went well. So, uh, like I said, talking on a couple different timelines here. Um, so, I'll start from the beginning as I usually do. Uh, we have an eight-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Uh, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. This week, not much of anything. Other than the fact that my son loves hotels, and we will be staying at a hotel and Raleigh, he's excited. We'll we'll be staying at one of his favorites, the Double Tree. He's he's really happy. I mean, this kid. Ever since he was a toddler, he just loved hotels. So he's looking forward to that. He's also looking forward to this uh, to seeing his grandparents and his cousins tomorrow. I am sick of driving, but it has to be done. You know, it's been a busy it's been a busy three weeks for me. Um. Busy, busy, busy. I just got back from Columbus, as I said. I'm, I'm, I'm driving up to Rochester tomorrow. And when I get back, we, we will be back for about a day and a half, and we will hit the road again to head down to North Carolina. And I will be recording my debut album off script, man. I'm very, very happy and excited to do it. I'm also very, very nervous. But uh, that's the milestone. He loves hotels. I told him we were staying at a hotel. He, his face lit up. He's excited. So uh, that's what he's looking forward to. Now on to uh, the few stories or uh, things I want to talk about. Uh, like I said, I, I fresh off of a weekend at the Columbus Funny Bone. I had a great time. So again, if you're from Columbus and, and you're new to my podcast, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I sold out of merch. I was ex super excited. You know, I told my wife before I left, I go, babe, I want to sell this out. And I did. I sold almost half the first show on a Thursday. I was very excited. The second show was a little, you know, a little slow. Uh, the third and fourth show. Uh, the third show I did very well. Um, and then I only had a few left. So the, I will say the, the, the last five or six shirts took a minute to sell because, you know, you get down to odd sizes. I had like a couple of 2Xs, a 3X, and a small, and like one XL. So, but I eventually found the people who wanted one. Some people bought shirts uh, online right in front of me. So thank you so much for uh, making that goal come to life. Uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty nice to sell out, but it also kind of sucked, sucked that I, uh, 
I wasn't able to sell for two shows, but I can't be greedy. I set a goal to sell out. I did. And I just need to be thankful that I was able to do that. So uh, that was fantastic, man. I had a lot of fun. It was uh, Mark Norman, of course, and our, and our homeboy, Umar Khan. Great Baltimore comic, good friend of mine. He's always like, man, I would love to go on the road with y'all. Because uh, Umar has done a lot of stuff, quite a few things with us in this area. Like whenever we're in D.C., he's a Baltimore guy. He's had me and Mark up there to do his show a couple of times um, uh, together and, uh, and uh, by ourselves. And uh, we all get along. It's a, it's a great hang. And he was like, man, I just wish I could hit the road with you guys. And it just so happened to work out this time. Mark hit me up about a week and a half before we were headed out there. And he was like, hey, should we do a two-man show or get somebody? And I'm like, dude, Umar has always wanted to go out with us. And he was like, good thinking. He hit him up, and it all worked out. Uh, Umar and I stayed in the condo together. It was a one-bedroom, like a studio. So I slept on the bed. He slept on the couch. Uh, we hung out every night. Mark came by the condo. We just hung out and talked about comedy and cancel culture and relationships and and just we just had a great time. It, it was a it was a great weekend of comedy. The Columbus Funny Bone is absolutely uh, one of the best clubs I've ever worked at. The staff was great. The crowds were hot. We had a lot of fun. So if you were part of that that Columbus crew, thank you so much for making it such a memorable weekend. We had so much fun there. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was a fun, fun weekend. It, those are one of the weekends where you go, this is why I got into comedy. You know, everybody was drinking, having a good fun, having a good time. I didn't really drink, but the, the staff was cool, man. I'll I tell you this, uh, hot crowds are one thing, you know, as a comic, you always want a hot crowd, man, but it makes it so much better when the staff is also super, super cool. And they were, man. They had they had a lot of fun with us. We had fun with them. They came back. They were talking to us. They were, you know, just very nice, very professional. But also, it's not it's not this thing of like, oh, you guys are the comics and we work here, so we can't really fuck around with y'all like that. No, man. It's it's just like we're there to make their job easier and and vice versa. You know, we we're there to help them make money. Uh, as a, as a feature, maybe not so much. I'm not a draw, but uh, you know, we want to put on a good show. And we want people to be in a good mood. And when you're in a good mood, you like you, you tend to spend a little bit more money. So if we can keep people happy, keep them laughing, they like to drink. The more they drink, the more they spend, the bigger the tips. So in a way, yeah. Is it is that a symbiotic relationship? I, I heard symbiotic quite quite often this weekend. And I was just like, man, somebody is trying to really expand their vocabulary there. But uh, yeah, dude, it was it was a fantastic weekend fantastic weekend uh the week before i was up in positano up at positano's in bethesda um my man uh, kurt shackleford puts on a nice little show at an italian restaurant up there we ha i had a lot of fun i got to watch two brand new first time comics absolutely uh exhilarating and terrifying to see at the same time i remember my first time and uh just thinking about that and all the things that i've been through all the things i've seen all the 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 road trips, the uh, waiting to go on, getting bumped, bombing, having a good set, you know, just all of this, just thinking about all that stuff, hanging out with my buddy, just all those memories of, of that, from that first set to where I am now, there's just, if, if, if they continue to do comedy, I, uh, there's part of me that's very jealous of them. They get to experience 
uh, all of that stuff again for the first, uh, well, not for the first, not, not again, but for the first time. And uh, just knowing how like those little, those little things, uh, like the first time you get to do a set at a real club, the first time somebody told you you killed, the first time you get a big laugh, the first time, you know, you uh, do some crowd work or you on the fly have a callback. It's just like, oh my God, I'm I'm finally doing it. I'm getting some laughs. You know, it's just a it's just a great thing to see, man. I remember doing guest spots at clubs and uh waiting outside in the hallway with the comics who were on the show, just just wanting to hear that you did well, that you were very, very funny. But you know, there's stuff like that now. It's just like if I did a guest spot, there's no way I would ever go out to the receiving line at the end of the show to to get people to tell me that I was funny or to shake hands and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, just, just going through that, man, all that, all that stuff is great. Those are great memories. Some are, are kind of tough, you know, but looking back, all of it was, was great. So shout out to those two dudes. I think one, one guy's name was Will minor. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was something minor and the other kid, I don't remember, but uh, he and I had a good exchange while I was on stage. I was featuring for my buddy Ramin and uh, yeah, we just went back and forth, back and forth with his table. It was, it was fun. I haven't done Positano's in quite a while. And uh, I had a great time. I had a lot of fun up there as well. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, not doing comedy uh, as regularly as I was um, for the last year and some change. Uh, thoughts do creep into your mind. Like, should I be doing this? What am I doing? I'm too old. And like, am I really going to make it? Why, why am I doing this? But then you get a, you get a, a Positano's. You go, man, I love comedy. You know, just like just feeling that again and, and just being up on stage and forgetting about all the shit that's going on. You go, man, this this is this is why I got into it, man. And then you go to a, a club. You got your best friends with you. you the, the room is hot. Uh, everybody's having a great time. And you just settle right back in and you go, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, there were times during this pandemic I was really struggling. Like, should I be doing this? Should I look at another career at this point? But uh, I should not. This I, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I really do. You know, I, I've been on that stage for the last uh, few weeks in a row, man, and I, I feel at home. I, I couldn't ask for uh, another job. I wouldn't ask for another job. So we'll see how far this thing takes me, man. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride it as long as I can, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> speaking of riding, folks, not, that's not even a real transition but uh matt gates gats he's a florida uh republican uh <laughs> i think he's a senator maybe some politician uh he just got caught or allegedly caught messing around with a 17 year old girl man this is uh this is crazy this is wild he's it <laughs> was funny is uh he was recently on tucker carlson not a fan of tucker at all he's a piece of shit in my mind but hey to each their own but he's on there like right after these allegations become public. He's on his show on Tucker Carlson. This motherfucker's on national news. And he's trying to say that this is a smear campaign. He's being extorted. Uh, it's not true. And then he starts to talk about a dinner that he went to or had with Tucker Carlson. And, and he's like, yeah, Tucker, you remember the, the young lady that I brought to the dinner when you and your wife were there? And Tucker Carlson was like, I do not recall. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. I'm like, this dude is trying to like drag Tucker Carlson into his bullshit on live TV on his show. 
And Tucker Carlson was not having that shit. That was fucking hilarious. Because even after he came off the air, Tucker was like, that was one of the most bizarre uh, interviews I've ever done. I, I, we, we wanted more information and we have no idea what's going on. I don't, I, is it any clear? I don't, I don't think it is. Just hilarious. Just seeing this dude trying to somehow throw Tucker under the bus. And then Tucker immediately when that guy is off air, is like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's very unclear what's going on here. <laughs> what did he think that Tucker Carlson was going to say? Oh, yeah, I remember her. She looked of age. It's just like, you are not getting me on record on my own show, on my network. As to being with you out to eat with a 17-year-old girl. But uh, it's going to be weird to see how this shit gets handled, man. Because, you know, when one side is accused of pedophilia or messing with underage girls, they don't need much proof at all. If there's some liberal guy, yeah, let's believe it. Call him a pedophile. Call him a rapist. Call him all type of shit. We don't need any any type of uh, facts at all. But once one of their guys gets gets accused and all of a sudden, hey, we need more context. Maybe this is some bullshit. Uh, you, you, you shouldn't just be accusing people publicly. Uh, it's very weird. It's very weird that they kind of care about pedophiles, but only if it's only if it only uh, involves people that they don't agree with uh, politically. Uh, yeah, just like they're all for free speech until you don't agree. Like this new little Nas X video, which I've only seen clips of. It is pretty wild and pretty gay. <laughs> but uh, it's look, it's all art, man. It's art. Uh, I get it. For people who are Christian, it might be disturbing. Um, and when I say this, this is not mine. This is the is a, this was a response that I saw that someone had on social media. But it was basically said like conservatives or Christians are always like gays are going to hell. Then Lil Nas X portrays himself in hell. And then those same conservative right wing people are like, you can't do this. This is blasphemous. This guy who wrote this post is right. It's like you tell these people that they're going to hell because they're gay. And then they depict them going to hell for being gay or just being gay in hell. And you're mad that a gay black dude with thigh high boots and weave in his hair and booty shorts is twerking on the devil. I mean, what are you mad about? The devil being gay or the fact that the gay man is touching the devil? You realize that this devil is not real, right? No, it's not real. I just don't understand why you're so mad about a thing that that it's really you know it's not even real. It's not real. I, I don't I don't get it. For, I guess as a non-believer, I, I don't get it. As a Christian, uh, even then, I gotta be honest, I don't I don't see it. They're making fun of the bad guy in your religion, and you you're still like, hey man, you gotta wait. Now we have to show the devil some respect. I mean. You're holding people to a, a standard of uh, of of uh, behavior. I guess behavior is not the word, but like you want them to hold your your religion up to a certain level of respect, and you don't know if they even worship or believe in what you believe in. But also at the same time, you don't want to respect other people's religions. Remember the Haribo incident. People draw Muhammad. Oh, we don't care. You didn't care about that. You would gladly draw, draw Muhammad. Hey, I'm not a Muslim. I can do what I want. I can do what I want. Well, guess what? Maybe Lil Nas X ain't a fucking Christian and he can do what he wants. And do what he wants. How about that? And Lil Nas X even tweeted himself. He goes, hey, I thought you guys didn't like PC culture. Well, here you go. This isn't PC. 
And he's very right on that. What could be more non-PC than a blasphemous gay sexual video depicting uh, deities? You know, whether they're good or bad. Can you get can you get any more non-PC than that? That should be right up your alley, guys. Right up your alley. Why all of a sudden are you mad? And people are acting like this is new, like this is ruining our country. Dude, you are the same type of people who were complaining about Elvis, the Beatles, rock music, uh, Metallica, fucking Marilyn Man, all that type of shit. It, it just it's it kills me. What if our kids see this? But he made Old Town Road and little kids, they like that song. So what? So what? I don't think he meant, I don't think he made that song and, and was like, oh, I'm going to market this to kids. They just happen to like it. Why should he be beholden to your children? Should that guy have to make music for your kids just because they liked one song of his? That's, that's the problem with, with like child stars or people who become very famous when they're young. People want to hold them into a box. Look at Miley Cyrus. Look at Justin Bieber. People want those those people to be 14 forever. It's like, dude, they're almost, they're probably, what, 30 at this point? They're adults. You see it when they become 21, 22. People, you know, will see a picture of them out drinking at a club or they get a tattoo and they're like, oh, my God, Miley Cyrus is drinking. She got a tattoo. She's 24. Justin Bieber was driving a Lamborghini at, at down the street too fast and he was he's a grown man he's a grown man why do you think he's still a child why do you think a lot of these people go crazy because you have these expectations of them to 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 be who they were when your kids liked them when they were on some tv show when they were nine years old people change that's why all these child stars are fucked up you expect too much of them. You don't want them to change. You don't want them to grow. You don't want them to explore. They owe you nothing. Lil Nas X, Molly Sa any celebrity, they are not supposed to raise your children. That is up to you. If you don't like Lil Nas X video, don't watch it. That's exactly what you tell liberal people. If they feel like some TV show is racist or this podcast, they say very irreverent things. Guess what? You have the option to not watch it. Why should he not make his video? just because you think it's blasphemous and you don't like the imagery. Just don't watch it. Well, he's playing with spirits. Guess what? Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't care. Why should he care? Why? I'll, it's just funny to me, man. When black people want to make money, all of a sudden, white conservatives want to, want to bring morality into it and, and ethics and all that kind of shit. When everybody else is, is doing shit. You got major corporations just destroying the fucking environment. Uh, you got fucking companies, I mean, profiting billions of dollars a quarter from gas and all type of shit. You, you don't care about them in the shit that they do. But when it comes to black people making money, isn't it? well, you know, you got to think about the people who you the kid. You made a song for kids and you got to keep it going for the kids. You, you won't even wear a mask for kids. Or anyone else, because it's your right not to. It is his right to make whatever fucking music he wants to. And yeah, if if a kid was a Lil Nas X fan, they had no idea that he was gay. The stuff that he about anything about his life, and they saw that video and they were horrified by it. Yeah, that sucks. But again, he doesn't owe your kid anything. He doesn't owe you anything. 
if anything, I I applaud the hard break. Now you know, like, hey, he's not trying to make music for kids anymore or at all. If he ever was, this is, he makes shit for him. That's it. It's just so weird how everybody else is a snowflake but you. It it it, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. How quickly we forget about the, oh, hey, free speech. People should be able to say anything. There's no such thing as hate speech. I can do whatever I want. And then as soon as you don't like it, but what about the children? And this is, he's a role model. Really? You want to hold, you want to hold a, a, a singer up on this, uh, up on this pedestal, but you let these politicians say and do whatever the fuck they want to do. People who actually make law and policy in this country. And it's, it's like you're the people who say you who that don't care about Hollywood. You don't care about actors. You don't care about athletes. You don't care about entertainers. But when you look at right wing uh, media and, and their new, that's all it is. It's them crying about shit that celebrities are doing just to keep their people mad. So you either care or you don't. You either support, you know, absolute free speech or you don't. I, I, I don't get it. it to, to me, it just really shows that, honestly, a lot of y'all on that side, you really don't stand for shit. You stand, you stand for you. We have all these rules. Those rules are for everybody else, but for you, it's about your rights. But everybody else needs to do what's right, the moral thing. But you, that's eh, not my right. I, I mean, it's, it's my right to not wear a mask. It's my right to not share this or to have to do this or move this or whatever it is. You always find some... A specific law or loophole as to why you shouldn't have to do it. But everybody else is judged on the principle. What's the right thing to do? No matter how painful it may be for, to you, for you to do, you should do it because it's right. But when it's your turn, ah, well, technically, uh, I don't have to. By, by definition of the law, I don't have to. <laughs> All right. So guess what? It goes both ways, buddy. But, uh, yep, so there's a show. That's a show. Um, like I said, when this comes out, I will already be, you know, one show into the recording of my album, which I'm very excited for. Uh, I hope that is going well. You know what? Fuck that. It's going very well. I'm super excited. I cannot wait for it to come out. You guys are going to love my album. And, uh, I think it's going to change things for me. It it, it will. It's going to be great. The album is going to be great. You, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first, folks. My album will be fucking dope. Off script. Get it this summer. All right, I'm out. Peace. Follow me on social media at Chris Allen Comedy, A-L-A-N. All right, now I'm out.